Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon a day early and without ads or on the main feed on Saturday. My name is Kenny, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, we uh, we under-promised and over-delivered because we said this was going to be recorded tomorrow, so we're, we're actually early for people. We have, yeah, absolutely, yeah, you change your plan, I was supposed to be having some work done at the house, that work is not being done because it's raining, so we're here a day early. We're here a day early for your listening needs. Um, lots of wrestling news to get into. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about was, and I, feel, I feel bad because it feels like I'm only asking this to get you to slate AEW, but it's not. It's to genuinely have a discussion about something and get your take. So on Dynamite and when... Feel, why do you feel bad about it? Well, because, you know, I, we, we don't really ever talk about stuff we like in AEW on the podcast. And I feel like whenever I bring something up, I, I don't want people to think I'm just bringing it up in the hopes that, you know, I'm going to rile you up or something. Um, oh. but, I think, but I think this is like a proper thing that deserves a bit of discussion. So on Wednesday's Dynamite, the Young Bucks, the new Young Bucks, uh, defeated Top Flight. And then after the match, there was a promo segment with them and Darby Allen, And Darby Allen kind of did this like shit promo on them where he kind of talked about how, you know, when I was coming up, coming around in 2020, you didn't want to, you guys didn't want to hire me. It was another EVP who did. It's all friends wrestling. Um, and kind of went down the kind of almost cornet view of the Young Bucks. And, you know, when Darby made the comment about, you know, thankfully there was an EVP with a brain that, that did want to hire me and I'm not talking about Kenny Omega. 
the crowd started chatting for Cody. <laughs> I mean, can you make any sense of? I mean, this this just seems like a bad idea because you know the week before they did this big beatdown angle, a lot of heat. People yeah. are talking about it. Sting's sons are beaten up, uh, and that's not mentioned at all in the promo. It just kind of felt a bit out of left field. But do you think there is any merit in trying to play the young bucks up as these villains, or are they kind of? You know, giving Jim Cornette a babyface run that if you're AEW, you should not want to be given him. <laughs> I mean, I watched it earlier today, this uh, segment, because I figured we were going to be talking about it. I usually don't know, by the way, what we're going to be talking about before we start recording. Kenny ambushes me with these difficult questions. <laughs> That's the my whole... job. That's my job. If you knew, it would take away the, the spontaneity. Never mind the Young Bucks ambush. I get ambushed every week. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Young Bucks were still wearing their white suits uh, covered in Darby's blood from the angle at the end of the February 7th Dynamite. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Darby ran out with a baseball bat and the Young Bucks fled to the ramp and they didn't say anything. Well, they were kind of speaking into the camera into the microphone on the camera, they kind of chime in being heelish, but didn't actually have any sort of response over the mic, did they? And I thought Darby's promo was kind of gabbled and he rushed through it. And yeah, it was really ill-advised. It's like no acknowledgement of what had happened the previous week. Um, he accepted um, the Young Bucks as their challengers for the Revolution pay-per-view on March 3rd and said that Sting's got nothing to lose in his last match. Um, so, I mean, at least something was achieved with the announcement of the match, which I'm assuming is going to main event the show, but could be wrong about that. Um, if the Young Bucks are winning, it definitely shouldn't main event the show. Um, yeah. But as far as you yeah, bring it up that, um, you know, fortunately there was an EVP with, with a brain or with brains, and I'm not referring to Kenny Omega who hired me, and everyone immediately knew that he was referring to Cody Rhodes and then he ch started chanting Cody Rhodes, who's the top baby face in WWE, was nonsensical, just nonsensical on so many levels. And then describing AEW as, was it all friendship wrestling? I think that was the actual language he used. Yes. Which is a Jim Cornette, all friends wrestling, Jim Cornette, frequent criticism of this company. He's been blasting them since they launched. Um, and it's just like, why would you play into your the opposition's hands like that. I mean, it was just a gift. I mean, Cornette on his podcast this week, he's probably going to get record numbers of listeners for his response, if he hasn't already recorded it, to that angle and that promo mm. from Darby Allen. I mean, I just, it's like the inmates have, have taken over. I mean, but Tony's weak. We know Tony's weak. He's not a strong leader. He's got no backbone. And, you know, after that, it's, I mean, how how was that ever greenlit? Maybe it wasn't greenlit. Maybe Tony just said to Darby, just go out and say what you want. And if that's what he said, then he needs to, you know, the Dynamite postmortem, the Dynamite, you know, booking review meeting, he needs to say, we really erred there. We really screwed up because we've just sort of advertised, you know, the merits and intelligence and wisdom you know, in fairness, of the top guy in the other company. So it was just just bananas, Kenny. Just crazy. That's my opinion of it. Yeah, I don't really I don't really get it. I mean, I think they have done this really strong beatdown angle. And I mean, I think 
people, fans do like workshop promos. They are effective. We've seen them done by loads of people. You know, people in WWE do them as well. But I think the problem with this one was none of it really seemed to benefit the the, the people in in the story. Like because the young bucks in six months are going to be turned babyface again because you know they always hit a wall after six months and then they, they switch to something else. So that's what they yeah, do. After a three-month vacation. After a three-month vacation, being paid a million dollars a year each. But, um, yeah, so I, I think that the long-term damage you're going to do to the Young Bucks, not to people who, if there's people who think this about them, then they already think it. But if there's people who don't think it, you don't really want to be turning people into having that opinion. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I just don't understand the upside even if you are kind of okay with mentioning people who are not in the company, but why would you want the, the outcome of a Darby Allen promo about the upcoming tag match with the Young Bucks team with Sting to be the fans chatting Cody? I just, I can't, I don't get it. No, I don't get it. It makes no sense. And um, just counterproductive on so many levels. But, you know, very typical, you know, I mean, I said this is typical AEW, but I mean, this is even even more out there than what they normally do. And, you know, go back and read that article I wrote in November in the magazine about what Tony Khan needs to do. Um, He just needs to hire someone who's got a big picture awareness, you know, like an advisory can trust who he can run these things by, you know, and and they can just say, no, Tony, we're not going to do that for these reasons. This will be the outcome. This is what Mm -hmm. people will chant and it will achieve the reverse of what we're hoping to, you know, what we're intending to accomplish with this angle match promo or whatever. And it's just so obvious what needs to happen. It's so obvious that Tony Khan is totally in over his head. He's not up to the job and he needs assistance and he needs it this week. You know, he needs to just t- or start interviewing people this week. Just get yeah. the show on the road, Tony, because you're not up to the job. You can't do it. You know, you just don't have the you know, the big picture awareness to be able to do this job properly. It's obvious. It's been obvious for years. Uh, I mean, the other thing is, like, you know, they obviously do have big signings coming. They've got Osprey, who's now going to be wrestling at Revolution. They've got Okada, potentially, and they've got Mercedes Monet. But none of that's really going to matter unless you tell stories that are going to make people care about Exactly. And because the thing is, yeah, all all three of those people will give you good matches. But those... People are, I'm not saying people are bored of good wrestling, but good wrestling only really is memorable to the to the masses if there's a, a character that they're behind. And otherwise, like, you know, I I mean, there's so many matches in AEW where people go, oh, that was a great match. But then like three weeks later, you've forgotten about it because there was not nothing even, else not to even it. Three, not even three weeks. I mean, <laughs> that Continental Classic, I mean, there's... Every oh you know all the matches oh let's have a really long match with all these near falls and kickouts and you just they all became indistinguishable from each other after a while. Um, I mean, it's just I mean you know someone's actually wrote in uh, to Q and A this month about you know with a question about what AEW needs to do and so I, I spent a long time on my answer it's not a long answer but I spent a long time on the answer. And I, I don't think I could say that. I'm not going to say the answer here anywhere because he's in a magazine. It's very I concise. Yeah, I couldn't say it any better here than what I've written it in the magazine. So that'll be out on February 29th. Um, well, let's let's move on. Just a very quick note on Drew McIntyre. He has been advertised for the May 1st show in Italy. 
they're doing a house show before the Paris, the, the Leon France backlash show that weekend. So, and reports, I think there was a report from PW Insider that said that he basically that he he doesn't his contract doesn't run out right after WrestleMania. It's got a little a little while left with injuries and stuff, but all signs point to him re-signing. And he was asked about his contract status in an interview with uh, the West Sport in Australia. And he said, I can't talk about that. I'll let the internet talk about it. I'll just keep watching. It's interesting. I'm not the only one that has a contract in WWE. It's just interesting that it seems to be mine that is on there every week for a year. So, I mean, also, if he's not re-signing, he's not out doing press for them, teasing it. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. he's re-signing. I think, I think we can relax and just accept that he, you know, they're not advertising for a house show in May. And, and all that kind of stuff and putting him out. Yeah, and, I th- and I think he will win the Chamber uh, next weekend. That's my prediction. So I just wanted to give a quick Drew update there. But- yeah, I mean, to me, he needs to he needs to make some sort of commitment before Elimination Chamber because if he's going to win Chamber and he's going to go on to face Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, WWE needs to know that he's on board before it can greenlight his title win over Seth Rollins, obviously. You know, mm-hmm. I know this is case that stating the bleeding obvious, but I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, that needs to happen, doesn't it? So, I mean, Drew needs to co- commit to WWE. So WWE can then, you know, formulate booking plans for WrestleMania and beyond. And um, I think he would be, I've said it before, I think if he were to leave WWE right now, he'd be a fool. Um, everything's set up so beautifully for him for WrestleMania and beyond. He can have that reign that he never really had in 2020 due to COVID and the world shutting down. So, I mean, this is his second chance, isn't it? Yeah. And we'll, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm fully confident he's he's re-signing. So. Uh, now, Stevie Richards, who used to obviously work in WWE back in the day, along with ECW and stuff, he had some pretty harsh words to say about Triple H. And he was asked about, you know, <clears throat> all the allegations stuff and uh, if that would lead to... Triple H potentially being fired, and he well, could. We talk, we're talking about Janelle Grant Vince here. Yeah, the Janelle Grant Vince allegations and the idea that if this opens up more stuff within the company overall, if if Triple H was eventually to be let go because he was part of an old administration, how would Stevie Richards feel about that? And he sort of said, "Why are we feeling sympathy for multimillionaires? How many tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions, of dollars does he have?" Also, does Triple H have any sympathy for your struggles or anyone else's or any of the people when he was a talent that he just like wouldn't say yes to? I was right there and I'd seen it and I was the victim of a lot of Triple H's politicking, politicking and condescending attitude, costing talent money or maybe even getting talent fired. And yeah, DX treated Rocky like shit. They treated him really, really bad. And now however many years later, it's come full circle. But even if Rock gets rid of Sean, gets rid of Hunter, they're millionaires. There's nobody to or feel sympathy for because they have all the money they could ever need for generations to come the reason why they're still in it is not because they love it it's because of the power the god complex over people even though they've got their favorites and they're the parental figures in nxt these dudes are still the same guys i'm sorry they're still the same condescending pricks that have cost a lot of people their careers and who knows how many people have they set on a road to despair depression and death i don't feel any sympathy for here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And it's pretty harsh words from Steve yeah. Richards there. Um, yeah. About, yeah. I mean, he's he's obviously dealt with them back in the day when they were talent, but... You know, he seems to not think they've changed their changed their ways. But I mean, what do you make of his comments? Um, I mean, it's understandable if you'd been there. You know, we've all, you know, worked for or worked with people in the past that you know were pretty awful. Um, you know, to varying levels or degrees, and um, you know, I think it's it's easy to be bitter sometimes about that, and um. You know, sometimes that's justified. I mean, I can just imagine, I heard a lot of stories at the time about Shawn Michaels and Triple H, you did Kenny, everyone out there has heard many stories. I'm sure he witnessed, personally witnessed things that we never heard about, just little things that probably just, you know, we're not, didn't even seem that sinister when it first occurred. Um, But it was almost like this sort of way of just bringing people down and, you know, just preventing them from... It's not just Rob Van Dam and Booker T. They're the two most famous examples, aren't they, from of, of Triple H's, you know, reign of terror. Goldberg as well was another famous yeah. victim from 2003. So we all know about those, but there were lots of other things that happened. And had things been slightly different, then who knows how far, you know, someone might have gone in the system. You know, we know, we, know, we, know, we know Triple H was in booking meetings as early as like 2001, 2002. I think, I think earlier, I think 2000, maybe even late 99. Which it, which is insane when you think about it, because how could he be in there with any level of objectivity in those in those meetings when he was on, on top or, yeah, you know, or, or on the rise? I mean, I think there was, I think that he definitely had some sort of involvement with the double cross in 97 so maybe as far back as 97 because Sean was obviously very powerful then so but I mean this you know I understand in a sense what Steve what Steve Stevie Richards is saying and I'm sure there is merit to it I, I'm in fact I know there's merit to it um, and obviously these guys are very wealthy with the stock options and everything mm-hmm. so he's right I mean if they were both fired tomorrow they wouldn't need to ever work again um, so he's absolutely right about that. And I'm sure part of the reason they continue to do the, to do the job is that feeling of power and, you know, that responsibility and being in charge. And, you know, also it gives them both a purpose, doesn't it? You know, and I, and I genuinely do think with Shawn Michaels that, and I'm sure you'll agree with me here, Kenny, because you did the tour with him and he said this in many, many interviews, he fully accepts how out of order he was. Yes. Doesn't he? Well, because part of the, I'm not that I'm saying you should 
how much you should forgive someone or shouldn't. But I mean, the thing with Shawn Michaels was he was off his head on drugs a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of that time, yeah. Triple H was not. No. So the fact that he was the way he was without any, any of that, you know, you don't really have the crutch to fall on of, well, I was on all these drugs and that was the reason. But in, instead, you you know, I mean, even like, you know, the thing with Triple H recently, we've not really seen any anything recently or heard any stories about anything because he's not, he's not, he's basically king of WWE now. Yeah. So why would there be any need? Nobody's a competition to him. But even as, even as far back as when he was like, what year would it have been? 2017 when Jinder was champion? And he went, yeah. to, in, he went to India and wrestled Jinder. It's like you couldn't let Jinder win on like a non-televised event in India when you're trying to like push India as a new market. So even then, you know, that you could you could point that as a sign of, well, you know, Triple H still thought he was the big ticket and, and wanted to go over, which he was, but you know, he could have helped gender out, wouldn't have made any difference to him. No, it wouldn't, you're right. But you know, he didn't. And and with Sean, I mean Sean the the difference probably with Sean and Triple H, and this could just be for show because we only see what's in front of us. You know, Sean did a much better job of handling the 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 allegations stuff on the NXT call when he sort of answered the question. Whether we think he told the truth or not is a different story, but he at least sort of tackled it. Yeah, Triple H. Because you know, I mean, there's no part of me that that can believe that Triple H or Paul Levesque, whatever you want to call him, didn't think that when he came out and did that Rumble press conference that people weren't going to ask him. You know, they oh. they knew who they knew they knew Nick Housen's in the room. They knew John Alba's in the room. They knew people were in the room who are not going to sit and go. You must be really excited to go to Perth next month. That's you know, it for the nomination chair. Like he must have known. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course he did. So and I mean, we talked about it this time. His response was woeful. I mean, it was you know offend. To be honest, it was offensive. You know, it really upset me. It's like wow. You know, you've built up a lot of goodwill over the years. You know, you redeemed yourself with NXT and other things and a better product and blah, blah, blah. And this is your moment to just say, listen, I understand this is really bad, you know, but for legal reasons, I cannot talk about this. You've got to understand that it's an ongoing, you know, lawsuit's just been filed and I cannot, I've been told by our legal department that I simply cannot discuss it. Mm-hmm. And he could have said that instead of, you know, just batting it away and saying, what a brilliant week we've had. No, you haven't had a brilliant week because your father-in-law has just had to quit. And like, oh, you know, this scandal has almost overshadowed Royal Rumble. In fact, to many people, it did. So I thought, you know, I thought that was really just piss poor. I think that was, I think I've actually used those words before to describe it. But it was really bad. And it's like for a guy who's been doing this a long time, it was inexcusable, Kenny, inexcusable. And I mean, the, the, the so yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm with you. I can't understand where Steve Richards is coming from. And I think if I was someone who, who, who was around at that point, I would. It's easy for some people to say, "Oh, well, you know, you shouldn't hold grudges or or remember things in a certain way." But if somebody's you know cost you lots of money and held you down, that's a hard thing to 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 kind of be be happy about. And 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 I understand why you know that might come up for Steve Richards. But um, speaking yeah. of Speaking I mean, of it's the, it's, sorry, Kenny. It's, it's the nature of the bit. It's the nature of the beast in wrestling. Is yeah. that it's such a because it's it's almost like the acting profession, isn't it? 
where you've got certain people who've got a lot of power and they'll decide they're like kingmakers, they're star makers. And they'll say, no, that person gets the gig instead of that person because of whatever reason, you know, and in pro wrestling, it's the same. It's like, well, you know, I guess in real sports, it can be the same as well. Can it in football, for instance, if a player falls out with the manager, he might not be played or she might not be played in the next game because, you know, for political reasons, even in a real sport, even if that player is going to help that team win. I mean, it's the same in pro wrestling. You've got someone there who, if you put them over a certain person, like an artist, say Booker T had defeated Triple H at WrestleMania 19, as we all hoped he would, then Booker would have gone on to be a bigger star, would have drawn more money, and the promotion or the company would have benefited from it. Absolutely, they would have done. So it's exactly the same as a real sport in terms of fans through the turnstiles and dollars in the coffers, isn't it? Yeah, no, exactly. Um, so, I mean, I understand where Stevie's coming from. And, and yeah, I'm sure it has merit. And um, and he's right. Those things did happen. And, um, yeah, I mean, they haven't been fired yet anyway, by the way, have they? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Um, let, let's move on. Two last things to cover before we go. One is is very sad. I mean, the, the Ashley Mazzaro affidavit that is now kind of out there is is really hard read to, to, to get through. But then yesterday, a close friend of Ashley Masaro's did a news interview where she basically intimated that Stephanie McMahon knew about the the the, the allegations that, that Ashley had made about what happened to her in the Middle East, and sort of said that Stephanie had tried to kind of befriend her, and uh, and and then kind of did that until they got into a boardroom, and then kind of turned on her so that she had to kind of drop. You know, taking it any further is is the point. But my question to you was going to be: I mean, Stephanie's totally out of the picture now. Yeah. Do you think that that's it, it, will that make it easier for Stephanie to not have to take as much of the heat on this because she's not around, or do you think with stuff like this coming out potentially that she, you know, there's still she she could be brought into it? I mean, it depends where it goes, doesn't it? I mean, you know, yeah, she's not there. She resigned. Last year, wasn't it after Vince returned? Yes, uh, because well, we we don't people we can speculate as to why she she quit and just left. She'd had enough, um, but I mean, yeah, this is new information. This allegation that she knew what was going on and was involved in pers- persuading or pressuring or whatever word you want to use. I haven't actually seen the affidavit, by by the way. I don't I don't I understand the story, I know the allegation and everything, and it you know, it really was very, very disturbing. Um but I mean, yeah, this is I don't know whether she's gonna to respond to this. I mean the company's gonna to have to respond to it, aren't they? They're gonna yeah. have to. Yeah. So yeah. this is um this is something that they're gonna to have to address in some way. Um I mean, obviously, there's been the TKO takeover last year, so it is a new company with new some new management people. So they can, you know, they can kind of say, "Well, that was in the past, and that will never be allowed to happen again," type thing. And, and you know, and hopefully, you know, there will be. I've mentioned this before. There will be zero tolerance towards this sort of thing, and it'll be you know whistleblowers and people who've got allegations will be free to come forward. You know, and there'll be there'll be a confidentiality thing and they'll be able to actually report things without fear of being fired or buried or bullied or whatever. 
So, I mean, I hope this is, you know, the start of a new period for the company. Um, but I mean, like, how, I guess it depends where it goes. If there's any litigation filed over it, maybe by her family, I mean, which is possible, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, there was the federal agents who went to Vince's house and took his and seized his phone last summer. So yeah. federal, as far as I know, federal agents don't come to your house to try and, you know, seize things unless they're putting a case together against you. Yeah. So I think, if, and if a case goes against them, I mean, you've got to imagine that, you know, the Ashley Mazzaro thing, well, it's not, as far as we know, a direct allegation of the same kind that the Janelle Grant one is. The Ashley Mazzaro thing is, is definitely something that, I, I saw some people saying, well, you know, Ashley Mazzaro was then, you know, being nice about them later on. So, yeah, because that was the only way she could get a job was to be nice to them. So, you know, that's the, that, the if we're going to give people, if we're going to not trust people because they're nice about people they don't really like, you know, quit wrestling now, everybody. <laughs> because yeah. that's a, a yeah. daily, a daily thing. But yeah, I, yeah. It's, I, the affidavit, you know, don't read it unless you really sort of can stomach the, 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 the injustice of what happened to her. But, um, I mean, the, the it, other problem, of course, is she's no longer with us, is she? Yeah, she obviously she yeah. can't pursue the legal case. And could anyone pursue the case on her behalf? Probably, I don't know. But then, how could you? How could she? How could you prove it? Because she's not around. Yeah. It's... So, it, I, I'm. I mean, it could end up being big, or it could end up just being, you know, a blip. Really, it depends what happens next. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe some of her relatives will, will file a lawsuit. That could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might just want to settle out of court. I'm really not sure how that one's going to play out. But yeah, I, I guess, you know, if you're if you're online, you see the affidavit, I would just really would encourage you to think if it's something that you can handle. Yeah. Um, I mean, especially, after someone... the, especially after the Vince stuff. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, reading that, I mean. I mean, I, I, had to, I, I, I couldn't finish it in the end. You know, I just I just couldn't. I, I got to a point during that, that reading the whole thing that I just thought I can't. I, I get it. I get. I I don't need to read any more of this. I mean, yeah. it's just it's you know. But anyway, so it's it, that's that. Let's finish off with. There's a big story in the Observer today about the Rock situation. I want to just kind of read you what's been reported and see what you think of Big Dwayne. So it's kind of stuff that we've pieced together on the podcast over the last few weeks, which is that obviously the plan initially was going to be Rock and Roman Reigns. Um, and basically when Seth Rollins got hurt, or sorry, when, when Punk got hurt, Cody was going to be put in the match with Rollins. So then they shot the angle in the February 2nd SmackDown, which going to lead to the announcement of Reigns versus Rock at a press conference the following week in Vegas. And apparently live, you know, obviously live, there was a big reaction to it. Crowd loved it in Birmingham, Alabama. But then it says here, but immediately they realised that um, instead it was the one thing they were trying to avoid, which was Johnson getting more bad publicity and being the real life bad guy in the situation. Um, And then it was Rock's idea to go heel. He changed his pitch once to go heel and WWE just as quickly put put it into motion, pushing the publicity with Logan Paul endorsing it. You know, the NXT Vengeance Day stuff we talked about. And it was Rock's idea to do the tag match. It was his idea to do the tag match at WrestleMania and, you know, I guess to get to Rock and Reigns down the line. I mean, that kind of does give me some reassurance that, you know, it was his idea and he wasn't forced into it. 
and that he seems to have the self awareness that you know this is what this is what I should be doing. So I think that's a good thing if he has sort of reacted to, to it so quickly and not just sort of given us the match that we don't want and made us deal with it. Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously got good instincts. I mean, man, you you'd have to be like, you know, deaf and blind not to have <laughs> recognised, you know, how annoyed everyone was. And uh, and even then, actually, to be honest with you, you know, it could be explained to you with Braille, couldn't it? What was going on? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'm not, you know, obviously, I'm not <laughs> knocking anyone who's deaf and blind here. I'm just using that as a, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, it was just like, yeah, it was just. Yeah, just crazy, really. That that even that it was even this was even on the cards. I mean, I I don't know whether that's really true or not. I just find it impossible to believe that this wasn't the plan all along. Really, this, some sort of we're gonna do go down this road because we know the audience is gonna really hate it and it's gonna just amplify support for Cody. Because Rock's muscling in on his WrestleMania main event that we've been building up all year. And it almost just feels to me like, well, you know, we're going to do this and then we're going to just like do a U-turn when people hate what we're suggesting and we're going to do the match that everybody's wanted from the start. So, I mean, people are going to debate this for years to come, aren't they? Of what the real plan was and you know, who said what and when and whose idea it was. And in some ways, it doesn't really matter because it's what's going to be presented on the night that matters. Indeed. And I, I said it all along, Kenny, that it was going to be Cody versus Roman. You know, I was adamant that that was going to be the main event. And um, it's in, it's inconceivable to me that any other match would have been presented at WrestleMania. So regardless of all this other stuff, it's just background noise to me. You know, what really matters is what's going to happen. And what's going to happen is what I always thought was going to happen, which is Reigns versus Rhodes. And Rhodes is going over. Sorry to spoil it for you. Well, let's let's, let's not jinx it. Um, I'll just say my last piece on before we go. What I like about it is I, I don't think it was the plan all along personally. I just don't think that that's... I think it, I think they were going to try and do Rock and Roman. I don't I don't know what they were going to do with Cody. Uh, I mean, I think he was always going to get the match with Roman at some point. But I think that Rock because the weird thing was that the the reaction in Birmingham in the arena was really good. But they, I guess they must have just got the feedback straight away that people. Well, I mean that video that video obviously was a big thing where they put out the Rock and Roman the Rock's return and it was like one of the, I think it's like the most disliked WWE YouTube video in history. You can like, take it down and put it back up. I believe yeah. it. <laughs> so um maybe they were just like trying that to Ghostbusters what... movie, wasn't it? Do you remember yeah. that Ghostbusters movie with the female Ghostbusters, yeah. Yeah, with the women in it, and it mm-hmm. was like the... before it even came out, everyone hated it. The ironic and the ironic thing was that that movie, there were so many kind of, you know, nods to the the original Ghostbusters movies for the fans. But they were just so miffed that it was the women that it didn't really matter. But uh, I saw parts. I mean, you know, I'm not a massive Ghostbusters fan or anything, and I saw a little bit of the. I can't remember the name of the one with Kirsten Wig. She was in the lead, wasn't she? Yes. Is um, it Kirsten or Kristen? Kirsten. 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 Um, and I watched maybe about twenty minutes of it, and I thought this film is just so terrible. I just can't even believe how bad this film is. So people were right. 
It was just called Ghostbusters. They, it was just, okay. but, um, but yeah. Well, anyway, listen. The good news is Rock has turned heel. We've got a fun WrestleMania build, and uh, and that's great. So uh, that's all the time we've got for today. We're going to be back on Tuesday with what's going down. Where we will be able to review whatever the Rock and Roman Reigns have said tonight. I assume by the time we record on Tuesday, we have the tag match official for WrestleMania. And yeah, plenty to discuss. Uh, you can pre-order issue forty-two of Inside the Ropes magazine. Right now, inside the ropes magazine.com. Uh, Cody Rhodes was retweeted the other day. Um, I actually got a DM, Finn, from Cody Rhodes about the cover. Oh, right. right Say, okay. uh, I hope say, you told him that I did the cover. I did, of course. I, first, that was first thing I said. You put me over, Kenny. Less, well, you know, I, I wouldn't take credit for your work. Um, <laughs> but he just he just sent me a DM saying, I've made the cover. And uh, it was very nice of him. But, um, yeah, so but there's Finn's massive Royal Rumble review with the, the fallout from the press conference and all the other stuff in there. There's my interview with Nick Aldis. There's a feature on Sting and his career. There's a look at the first year of Ring of Honor television because Liam Wyatt is glutton for punishment. Um, <laughs> loads in there. Whatever you like. We've got something for you. Um, and yeah. Oh, and all and all the serious stuff is in there as well, the Vince stuff and the Lesnar stuff. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty good issue. I hope you check it out inside the And if you're listening to this on the main feed, we do stuff on Patreon pretty much every day. It comes out uh, patreon.com forward slash inside the We just recorded the No Way Out 2004 review last night. We, we keep tr- trying to warn Sandra, don't we, Finn, that the worst is yet to come. <laughs> oh yeah. So. Um, so Finn phones in second May. You know why? So oh, I can't oh. do, can't do Judgment Day two thousand four. Kenny, I'm doing some granite work. It's gonna take me three weeks. But, oh, oh, hey, I'm gonna re- say I got regrout the bathroom again. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, thank you for all your support, everybody. As always, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.